Hello everyone and welcome to another one, well actually the first preview of 2024, it is of the Tour Down Under 2024 and yeah the first World Tour race of the year as we're normally used to, returning from its hiatus last year and as always to discuss all things, favourites, routes, whatever and even our predictions is none other than Patrick Blake of Audi Cycling and also one third of the National Cycling Podcast. Just get all it, you know, like it's just a huge title now. But yeah, I mean, Patrick, uh, Tour Down Under. For me, this race is Richie Port, and obviously he's been retired for a number of years. Last year, we saw Jay Vine take the title quite phenomenally. First stage race for his new team. Yeah, Simon Yates, a close second. So yeah, what was last year like for you? Yeah, last year was, I think it was the first one back after the COVID era. So it was quite, it was really a lot of excitement because it was two years off. There was like a very local sort of one which Luke Platt won in the COVID era, but that doesn't really count, I don't think, in my eyes. Yeah, there was like the TT of the Brilog, which Betiol won, Jay Vine winning overall, Simon Yates won the final stage, Bauhaus winning sprints, and it's a very varied terrain that they usually throw at us. We didn't have Wollonga Hill last year, but I mean, spoiler alert, we do have it this year, and I think that's going to be a lot of excitement seeing who the new king of Wollonga Hill was. Last time we went up there, it was actually Matt Holmes who won ahead of Richie Port. So we will have a new king of Wollonga Hill because I don't think Matt Holmes is on the start list. And he was Richie Port. So new king of Wollonga Hill is incoming for 2024. Wasn't the caveat there though that Matt Holmes won from a breakaway? So it wasn't like mano mano against Richie Port. Yes, I'm a Richie Port fan, so I'm going to defend him on this one. That's true, but he crossed the line first. Arguably, it's harder being in the break and then winning again that way. Either way, it was quite incredible for him to win. Mm-hmm. Wow, Richard Port having that dominance as well was just insane when you think about it. Anyways, Patrick, we might as well come to the route and uh, what it has the route got in store for the riders. We seem to have a good mix of stages here. We've got some sprints and also some pretty good GC stages, especially the ones at the end, like the, the weekend where the GC is going to be decided is is really good. So the first stage we've got is from Tawunda to Tawunda. It's a bit of a 35-kilometer lap around Mengler's Hill, which averages 3.8%. We go up about three times, so there'll be a big fight for the KOM classification there, but it should end in a sprint because the climb isn't overly hard. Unlike stage two, which goes from Norwood to Loberfall, this has a much harder profile and will probably not go to a sprint. It's got the Fox Creek climb, which averages 8.8%. That is crested the last time with about 34 kilometers to go. Bear in mind, this is like a 141 kilometer stage. So we should have a bit of a reduced group Sprint is very hard to call how this one's going to go, but I think that a group of GC riders may get away and we have a bit of a small sprint between them. Stage three goes from Tea Tree Gully to Campbelltown. This should be another sprint, pretty uneventful, so pretty standard sprint stage. And also the stage after this looks like the easiest stage of the whole week goes from Murray Bridge to Port Elliott. So there's only one classified climb in the day, but it is a slight drag up to the finish line. So we'll have to wait and see. Maybe that suits kind of the more hardy sprinters. Then going into stage five, we go from Christus Beach to Willunga Hill. It's important to note we go Willunga Hill two times, averages 7.4% over, I think it's about four kilometers. To do ascents, so this is going to be really good. Usually we just have the one, but it's good to see that we're going to have two ascents, make it a little bit harder. And then lastly, 
The final stage goes from Unli to the top of Mount Lofty. We do Mount Lofty three times. This is the stage which Simon Yates won last year ahead of Javine. Of course, Javine taking the GC that day. And I think this is going to be a quite a hard profile, Scott. We've got stage two, five, and six, I think, provide a good amount of difficulty for the GC boys to really make a difference. And then we're going to have three sprint stages. So... What do you make of a profile? It's a good mix. Yeah, I would have liked to seen time trial return again, but you can't have it all. But Willinger Hill, a staple of the race, returning. Strange that it wasn't there last year, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very exciting race. It is normally a very exciting race, won by quite close margins as well. Yeah, it's usually always a fight between even like bonus seconds would sometimes come into play quite a bit. I remember in the days of like Jay McCarthy and stuff fighting for GC, he would always be going for the bonus seconds and it does always make a, a good bit of intrigue already from day one when you have those bonus seconds already up for grabs. And yeah, the fact that it's always quite close does make it quite intriguing. It's not just one rider running away with it. Especially since there's not really like the big names that we're very used to in the sport don't usually come all the way to down under to start their season. So you usually end up with a different style of racing with not really like one out and out favorite. And it's quite well balanced. So it provides a really good mix of racing with uh, very similar caliber riders that is a good segue into the favorites and i think we should start with uat memories yeah they haven't got jay vine here on the start list but they certainly have an interesting team nonetheless and i mean patrick we're both quite high on isaac del toro Michael Vink's been interviewed here on the channel. Very nice guy from New Zealand. His second season with UAE, which is good for him that he got the contract extension. Then you also have Antonio Morgado, a rider you've spoken very highly on. Obviously, he's going to be a Neo Pro to get a Neo Pro together with Del Toro. And then Finn Fisher Black. I mean, you are almost the president of the Finn Fisher Black a fan club at this point. Alessandro Colby, Diego Alisis, and even Alvaro Hodge. So it's a. Uh, it's a very mixed bag of riders and if you're gonna relate it to that all saying they have a lot of cards to play with even though this is a bike race yeah they're doing a lot of cards to play in it it's hard to tell actually who's going to be the leader for this team because i think that del toro makes sense although maybe that's just maybe me being a bit, bit biased because it would be really cool to see the neo pro kind of wonder kid already hitting out the blocks really quickly but I'm apprehensive to say that he'll be given leadership straight away. But when I look at the rest of the team, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. Considering that the person who has had the best GC result out of the UAE kind of start list here is Diego Alissi, who I think finished at ninth place in 2019. So it makes me think that why would they not go with Del Toro? You know, Alissi finishing ninth place, you know, is he a contender to win? Probably not. So why not give Del Toro the opportunity to try and do something? I think that, you know, from a tour de Labonair, he looked really good there, especially since he's had a winter now with kind of the UAE training and the UAE's team member at support. He's probably got better since then. So I expect that Del Toro will probably be the leader for this team. I would love to see Finn Fisher Black honestly be uh, like a GC leader here. I don't know whether it'll whether that'll happen or not. He did do a really good climb in with Welter, the one which Jonas won. Oh, I can't remember which stage. It might have been stage 16 or something. So that's giving me hope. But I do think that it'll be Del Toro. Do you think that he can hit out the blocks quickly? I would love to see it. The fact that he's from Mexico as well. Obviously, the last time they signed an obscure... Well, an obscure rider from an obscure country who had won the Tour de l'Avenir. 
that ride also went to the Tour Down Under and finished 13th in their first season, and that was obviously Tad Bogacar. So if he is the leader, uh, well, let's see if he can beat uh, Tad Bogacar's 13th overall. Do I think he can win it? It's a big ask. Or do well, at least, or should be the leader. Yeah, I, th- I think Finn Fisher Black seems like the guy who should be the leader. Well, peak Diego Lisi should win this race, but we don't have peak Diego Lisi. Yeah, I think Del Toro has a decent shot. And yeah, it is surprising that statistic that Pagaccia finished 13th place. Because I remember that, and it feels weird that there was a point where Pagaccia wasn't just dominating races left, right, and centre. There was a point where, wow, he wasn't actually the best. So maybe it is too much to expect Del Toro to excel where, you know, Pagaccia didn't. It's like so early on in his career, but I'm more than willing to get on the Isaac Del Toro hype train for this race. You're still on it. We're both on it. So it's like, you'd have to get off it if you weren't going to be on it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the Neo Pros and the team definitely do here. But if we look at another team that's very exciting as well, a team that have, what should we say, incredible history with this race, obviously being Australian as well, Team Jaco Ayula. In their various different iterations have won it, Sam Garant, etc. Uh, I think Daryl Impey even won it when he was riding for them. But second last year with Simon Yates, not from the Oceanic continent or whatever you want to say. But Caleb Ewan returning, he's done well at the Santos Tour Down Under. That was kind of like what it used to be, him just picking up at one, two stages in the beginning. But yeah, what do you think of their team? It looks like Simon Yates or Luke Plapp could be like their charged attacker. I honestly think that this is the team to beat for me in this race. I think that it's got just a real good unity about it. And another interesting statistic for you. In the last 10 editions of this race, you know, the two minus the two from, you know, COVID era. Of those 10 editions, seven of them were won by an Australian. And of the three which weren't, two of them were won by Daryl Impey, who was on of course, Mitchelton Scott at the time, so had the Australian affiliation. The only other person was Tommy Elta Slagter, who won back in like 2013 or something. So being on Jake Alula does have a certain kind of, you know, stat boost effect to doing well in this race. So I think with Simon Yates and Luke Plapp are serious contenders, especially considering that Plapp has just won the Australian TT champs. Despite the fact that he had a bike change because of the mechanical partway round. So he's obviously in really good form. Obviously, he did win the Australian road race last year and then continued to do nothing at the Tour Down Under. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going to happen. But I'm seriously looking at Simon Yates here. Considering that he finished second last year, he's been to this race multiple times now. And I think that with the double ascent of Wollonga Hill, the fact that he won the Mount Lofty stage last year, and that's in here again. I think, personally, Simon Yates is my kind of man to beat. And I think that having Luke Platbear as a second option is going to make this team really hard to beat. Do you think that Yates is the favourite? Or do you think that's somebody else? I said he was the favourite for the Giro, and then didn't pick him in our predictions video, so... I don't think I'm in his good books. But he's English, so he's not Australian. So according to the stats, he's not going to win. That, that's true. Well, Platt, that. It'll be, uh, it has to It'll be, be Platt, Platt, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be Platt. It's weird. You don't know what form they're in. It's the first indicator. Well, we know that Platt is in good form, like you said. So I'd be more favoring him. But there's no time trial, obviously, as well. But what a two-pronged attack to have. Incredible attack to have from... Uh, Jake Ayula, which we've kind of glossed over in the last well I've glossed over them personally I yeah 
over the last few years. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a very strong start to the year, I think, for them. But anyway, we might just move on as well. Ineos Grandiers, I think, is a good team to touch on. And Patrick, they've got a plethora of talent. Filippo Ghana, Lawrence De Plus, Leo Hayter, Jonathan Navayas, Josh Tarling, Ben Swift, and Viviani. And what do you make of this team? Two of the best time trialists here, but not a single meter of time trialing. I look at this team, and I am a little bit confused as to who is going to be the leader. I must admit, part of me thinks it could be Ghana. Think back to Algarve last year. I think he finished third in GC, despite the fact that Algarve has two summit finishes on there. Obviously, he did have the TT to claw back time in that, so that's something to take into account. Lawrence de Plus, probably the best out-and-out climber they have in the team. Leo Hayter had a very off 2023, but the year before that, he was like one of the most exciting prospects in the under 23 scene. Can he make a bit of a comeback? Could Josh Tarling become a GC rider and just a sail up Wollonga Hill? I just don't know. All that I know is that it's probably not going to be Ben Swift or Viviani who are the GC leaders. That's about as far as I can go, but what do you think? Because I think I'm, I can see Ghana hanging on up Wollonga potentially and negating time, kind of like what Darlympi did when he won it. Back in like 2018-19. I don't know if you... Did you watch uh, San, San Juan, San Luis, whatever it's called now? He was second on that stage where Miguel Angel Lopez won it. So yeah, Total Province was it as well. He was hanging... Where he got disqualified. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past him. He is very big though. Like he says himself, what is he like 88 kilograms or 83? I, I'm definitely here for it. Th he must be thinking GC or why would he go all the way to the other side of the world just for some tune-up miles that he could have done in the, yeah, which race, the Tour of Valencia, which would probably have been on not much later than that. Ghana probably makes the most sense. Viv like he's not going to be sprinting like he was in the Vuelta because it'll probably be for Viviani so is he going to be involved in the lead out train is that going to be kind of like conflicting interest which then makes me think oh are Lawrence De Plus and Leah Hayter the actual GC leaders in this team at the end of the day Leah Hayter despite having a bad season last year he did finish 15th in the Tour of Huangxi with that one finish which Milan Barda won so maybe he's had a really good season like off season and he's just, uh, you know, ready to start flying. And Leo Hayt is actually the leader. I think that Ineos Grenadiers is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. And it's just so hard to pin down who's actually going to be the leader. Maybe that's the strategy. If they don't know, then how can anybody else know? But we might as well move on to the rider or his team that you just mentioned. Visma Lisa Bike. Team Visma Lisa Bike. Kuhn Baumann, Robert Hessing, the former soldier and new signing Bart Lemon, Jonas Stoutenmitten. The under-23 Giro d'Italia winner last year. Milan Bada, Lou Van Bell, and Mick Van Dyke. A very Dutch team, this, and the one Norwegian. And Patrick, is this a team we're looking towards? It's a strong team. I think that it is between like Stan Amitter and Milan Bada. I, remember, I can't remember where I saw it, but they basically think that that stage which Milan Bada won in Huangxi, where he like, collapsed over the line, because that's a very similar sort of effort to Wollonga Hill, I think they are thinking that he is going to be the leader, but I do think that Stan Amitter will certainly have a, a chance in there as well. So I'd say that those two are the, are the two like key principles of the team and everyone else is here for support i think realistically they should be inside the top 10 i think it's going to be really hard for them to beat clap whoever in choose simon yates 
But I do think that top 10 is a very reasonable ambition for this team. Maybe with both of them. Both of their riders. I want to get to predictions as well. So uh, instead of going through the rest, because there's so many teams here, there's obviously so many factors that we don't know. I think Israel's quite interesting as well with... Well, actually, no. I think Israel deserves its own own little bit here. Sorry, all the other World Tour teams that we're not going to give a full uh, little segment for. But Israel Premier Tech, when you look at it, George Bennett, Simon Clark, Derek G, Corbin Strong, and Stephen Williams as kind of like the headliners, even Nick Schultz and Guillaume Bovine. What do you think of this team? I honestly think that George Bennett and Stephen Williams is a super strong combo. This is actually the first time Nick Schultz, despite being Australian, has done the tour down under, which is kind of hilarious. But I do think that George Bennett and Stephen Williams is a really good combo to be having. Very good to counter Jake Walula. I do think that Bennett would be, in my eyes, the slightly favoured son of the two. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's doing now that he's not on Yumba Visma. He's not on UAE team Emirates. I think that he could be a bit of a dark horse for a top five for sure. And Stephen Williams had a fantastic season last year on very similar sorts of terrain for the Tour Down Under. So maybe he could be, again, a bit of a dark horse for a top ten. That's my thinking. Yeah, I don't think that's too far-fetched. I mean, they have got that added bonus of recently retired Daryl Impey is an assistant sports director with the team. So maybe some of that, uh, well, he seemed to be like the perfect tore-down underwriter, to be honest. So maybe he can share some of his knowledge <laughs> to the team. Well, wait a see. But if, if uh, Israel Primatech do pull off a result, I will be very happy for them because yeah we got other teams as well so that'll quick step julian philippe interesting to see if we he can kind of bounce back and and then you also have intermarche they've got Lilian kamajan binyam gamai is here hopefully if the visa process isn't terrible for him we we saw he had problems with the worlds in glasgow which was the same and yeah, Intermarché, Binyam Gamay, do you think we could see a stage or two from him or not? I think that stage two could actually be his best shot. It's a little bit trickier, that eight point whatever. St. Klein gets rid of somebody like Caleb Ewan, Bauhaus and stuff. And, you know, Binny's got over trickier sorts of terrain. I do think that he could be a, a candidate to be taking a win here. I think I'd be quite surprised if he didn't actually. Freshly already been put on his shoulders. In terms of other riders, obviously Archie Ryan, the rider that you said is going to be the Neo Pro of the year. Do you think he could do something here? Absolutely. I, I was I was hoping you'd mention his name. I think that I do think that he could be top ten here. From our EF preview, I said that he was going to finish top ten in a world tour level stage race, and then I said first line bang, on under. There you go. Immediately get one in the belt, like under the belt. I mean, there's and- some other good names. Here, like, Ruben Guerrero could be a decent one to be looking out for. Christian Scaroni for Astana. There's even Michael Storer and Damian Housen here just for the Australian, like, national team. I mean, that could be an interesting one because, of course, they're not even a trade team. So it's you kind of it's very easy to gloss over them, but they're certainly ones to be looking out for. Oscar Onley for DSM Vimane. Host NL, again, another long name. But Onley's very good over this sort of terrain, and I think that he would be certainly a threat for the top 10. Jack Haig for Barring Victorious 2. And there's probably some other names in there, but I think that those are really like the headline ones. Do you, am I missing anyone, or is there anybody else who you want to give a bit of a shout to? No, I think we've talked about all of them, and I'm glad you mentioned the national team because, uh, yeah, that's obviously a bit of a, what should we say, like interesting point. You like 
not many world tour races you see a national team getting in as well normally it's only exclusively the world tour and the pro continentals but for whatever reason the tour down under gets it we don't see a french national team at the tour de france for instance that that would be quite cool actually if they did that but yeah no um michael storer i'm glad you mentioned him i think that it'll be interesting to see i think that he should be going for gc i don't think he'll just go for like KOM or anything like that but you always see these guys have a breakaway so maybe they they do go for that but I do think that Storer and House are a great little duo to be kind of little mavericks hovering maybe inside the top 10 in GC I think there's a lot of riders vying for that top 10 in GC so it's going to be a real good fight to to see who's going to be inside there when the, when the race finishes up Mount Lofty. Well that's a great place to go to our predictions first predictions of the year and uh yeah Patrick who's your top 10 uh, top three, top ten. Oh my goodness, that would be so hard. Gosh, Barbie at first. I'm determined to get this right off the bat. First preview. If I get this right, that's it. I'm not doing anything else in the year. I think that in third place will be Luke Platt. I think that in second place will be George Bennett and Simon Yates will win the Tour Down Under. So I think that Jake Walula will get two guys on the podium. And you said Israel's going to get. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for third place. Will be why not? Filippo Ghana, second place, Isaac Del Toro, and in first place, Luke Plapp. It could happen, honestly. It could do. You never know the tour down under. It's such a, a yeah, no. one. yeah, a form guide apart from a few Australians. So, anyways, our bonus prediction is gonna be where will Finn Fisher Black finish? Oh, gosh. Finn Fisher Black. Finn Fisher Black is going to finish in sixteenth place. I'll say twenty-six. Twenty-six. I so disrespectful. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Finn Fisher Black. Prove me wrong. Please, please, man. Please do. Imagine if he wins it. I will literally lose it. And well, maybe that guy who bet on him last time when he won the tour of Sicilia will has bet on him again. But anyways, that's basically it for our first preview of the World Tour season. Make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel here on the second day in extra, and comment down below what you think is going to happen, and check out the Echelon Cycling Podcast, Patrick's own channel as well. And of course, as always, thank you for watching, and we will see you around.